Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Today, if you didn't know, we are starting a brand new series. And just reflecting back for a moment, I'm going to miss the God's Plan series. Anyone else have a great time with God's Plan through the book of Ruth? Uh, there's so many powerful truths. If you miss any one of those sermons, please go back to YouTube, go back to our podcast, and just see what God did through the story of Ruth. That God has a plan for your presence, your future, and your eternity. And so we're thankful we got to see that through the story of Ruth. If right now you feel like you're in a season that you're struggling... How many know that God can change your status in a moment? That he can go from chapter to chapter. We saw Ruth go from, from foreigner to the lowest servant to the maid servant to a wife and a mother through four chapters. So incredible, incredible story in the Bible. But today we get to move forward with a new series. And a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Dennis was preaching two weeks ago. And he mentioned on that day that it was Pentecost Sunday. And what that means is that's the Sunday of the year that we recognize what happened after Jesus ascended to the Father. We know Easter is, is when we recognize Jesus resurrected from the grave, right? We celebrate that. Pentecost is the day that we look to when he ascended to the Father and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit came upon them as they were up in the upper room. I want to share with you the, the last interaction between Jesus and his disciples in the book of Acts. Let's read together in Acts chapter 1. Verses 6 through 9. It says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and the cloud took him out of their sight. It's funny, it happens so often that the disciples are focusing on the wrong thing. We don't do that. We never focus on the wrong thing. But the disciples were focusing on the wrong things here. And they were focusing, they were worried about their kingdom. Jesus, when are you going to restore us? When are you going to take away this Roman oppression? Jesus said, don't worry about your kingdom. I'm going to bring my kingdom on earth. Would you be willing to be a part of my kingdom coming to earth, expanding the kingdom of heaven? He says, you're not going to know times or seasons, but you're going to have something better. You will receive power. You will receive power. Jesus promised us power, strength, miracles, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so our sermon series today and for the next three weeks is simply called Power. We all need power, right? There are times where we feel weak, we feel hopeless. The Holy Spirit desires to give us power to walk our faith out every day. And so as the next three weeks go, we're going to start here today. We're not going to continue in the book of Acts. But the next three weeks, we're going to be in Acts chapter 6, 7, and 8. But today we're looking at before Pentecost. You see, before we look at Pentecost, I want to look at how the Holy Spirit worked through Jesus while he was on earth. And I want to make sure we understand, Pentecost is not the birth 
of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit has been, always has been, and always will be, because he is the third part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible. No, sorry, God the Holy Spirit. The three parts of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit was there with God the Father, with the Son, from the beginning of creation. If you look at Genesis, I believe it's the very first chapter, the second verse. It says, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was there from the beginning of time. And the Spirit of God is also throughout all of the Old Testament. And so today, when I say we're looking at the prelude of the, of the Holy Spirit, we're looking at a very small portion of what the Holy Spirit did before Pentecost and focusing on the relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Today's message is entitled, The Prelude to Pentecost. The Prelude to Pentecost. If you're someone that takes sermon notes, I want to let you know we have been trying to perfect a way to give you uh, a platform for you to take notes. And so as, as today, and Scott's been working on this really hard and working on me giving, he's had a lot of grace while he's trying to, I've been trying to figure out what to do, what this should look like. He's created a, a form. Two ways you can go to this form. You can go on the Church Center app. If you don't have that, you can go to the Version Bible app. If you look up our uh, church on the Version Bible app, there's a link to our notes. It's got the, the notes from today and your own area for you to fill in your own notes and send an email copy to your inbox. Pretty cool system. I hope that helps you in taking notes. So you can look at that on the Version Bible app or go to the Church Center app on the homepage. There's a, there's a link for that. All right. Here we go. Jesus, born through the Holy Spirit. All right. We know that Jesus was born to Mary and through the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, in the beginning of his ministry, before his ministry, he goes to John the Baptist. We're going to look at what happens when John the Baptist was preaching to a large crowd. Read with me from Matthew 3, 11. It says, I baptize you. This is John the Baptist speaking. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now let me teach here for a moment. You see... This is not a rewrite what you're about to hear. It's just I said it earlier. But many believed in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit was no longer available. That the Holy Spirit only moved in certain instances. The Holy Spirit would move on prophets and judges for certain periods of time. And, and you might read different times they would say the Spirit came upon someone. Came upon an individual for a limited amount of time. But here John is saying... That Jesus is coming to baptize his followers with the Holy Spirit and fire. If you look at the next verse after, I'm just going to paraphrase. He talks about the separation of the grain and the chaff. It's an interesting concept. If you remember back to Ruth, we talked about it in the story of Ruth. Remember, Boaz was out on the threshing floor at, light, at night. He was separating the grain from the chaff. What happens to the chaff is it gets caught up in the wind and taken away. It gets burned because there's no, there's no need for it. But the grain gets kept. And I believe that John was saying that he's going to baptize, Jesus is going to baptize with the wind of the Spirit and with fire. You see, the wind will separate us 
separate the sin from our life if we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts. The Holy Spirit will burn things. When things burn, it means they're either gone and they're destroyed or they're purified. And the Holy Spirit desires to purify us in righteousness. So John was comparing the Holy Spirit to the wind. You see, we think that the whole the Pentecost Sunday and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it means tongues, it means all these weird things. Do you know, most importantly, the Holy Spirit came to draw you away from sin and towards the Father? Can we start there? Before we get to, oh, I don't know about this, I don't know what about, I believe about this. The Holy Spirit wants to convict us out of sin and towards a loving, merciful Father. We say words like, oh, that voice told me, my conscience told me. I have this angel and this devil on my shoulders telling me what to do, what not to do. No, no, no. It's the Holy Spirit. Let's get it straight. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us, and he's the one that tells us, don't do that. Don't say that. That's not going to end the way you think it's going to end. Don't do that. That's the Holy Spirit convicting us, trying to protect us from ourselves a lot of times and keep us away from sin. And now after John says that, Jesus approaches him to be baptized. And this is what is recorded in the baptism of Jesus. We're going to read it again. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus' baptism is the perfect picture of all three parts of the Godhead in one moment. You see, before the ministry of Jesus, before the miracles of Jesus, before the cross, this was the moment of preparation that marked Jesus as the spirit bearer. And the dove would evoke a new era that had been prophesied about. And John knew it was coming, and now people would witness the power of the Spirit first through Christ. And people ask me, why, why do I need to get baptized in water? Why do I need the Holy Spirit? If Jesus needed both of those things, how much more should we need it? Amen. Our first point today is we look at how Jesus modeled the need for the Holy Spirit. Number one, we are equipped by the Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us to minister. Equip us to be more like Jesus, to love others, to live righteously. And when I say equipped to minister, ministry is what we do. Let me say that again. Ministry is what we do. Ministry is not what I do. It's not what pastor does. Ministry is not a full-time pastoral position. Ministry is what the church does. Amen. There should be more amens to that. The ministry is what the church does. Friday night was ministry. We came together as a church to minister to people, but we had to be equipped and ready to minister. If we just showed up with no plan and they threw 40, 50 kids in those rooms, we'd be in trouble. We'd be in a lot of trouble. 
We had people equipped with games to lead from, from the day. We had crafts equipped for the day. We had snacks. There were some hanger kids back there. Some of the hanger kids were actually adults. We were equipped for the ministry. But we needed to be equipped in order to minister to them. Because if we don't have those things, we're not ready to minister to people. If we don't have the Holy Spirit guiding us, we're not ready. We have to be equipped with the Holy Spirit for ministry. Because if Jesus, the pure offspring of the Spirit, needed the power of the Holy Spirit, how much more should we rely on the equipping of the Holy Spirit? So we're equipped by the Holy Spirit. And once we're equipped by the Holy Spirit, then we can be ready for number two, to be led by the Spirit. How many of us want to be led by the Spirit? Right? We want to be led by Him. Jesus, fresh off this experience with John, and the Holy Spirit descending on Him. And again, I love how it says to rest on Him. I mean, the Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. He's resting on Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to rest on Jesus. And now, we have to continue to seek the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can rest on each one of us, but there, the Bible talks about being filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. Because we as humans, we leak, right? We need more and more. And remember, we simply want to be led by the Spirit. Let me show you what happens right after the baptism in Matthew 3. Look at the first verse of Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Who else said they want to be led by the Spirit again? Just want to make sure. Yeah. It's like, I, I think I want to be led by the Spirit, but now I'm not so certain. I like how Luke's Gospel says it. In, in Luke 4.1, it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. So Jesus is now full of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Sorry, I said number two was led into the Spirit. It should really be led into the Spirit into challenges of life, <laughs> into difficulties. I know it was a lot more fun last week when we talked about God's plan. Oh, God's got a plan for your present and your future and your hope. But if I only share that part of the story and I neglect to tell you that it's also hard being a Christian, it's also difficult being a Christian. We're in a battle as Christians. Do you know that? Yes. We have to be equipped because we're, we're in difficulties. We're in trials. We're in tribulations. Things happen. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the enemy comes after us even more. Because he doesn't like what we have. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him into an area full of danger. There's a, there's a prayer guy that was re, uh, released from the national office of the Assemblies of God. And it's a prayer guy leading up to, 30 days leading up to the 4th of July. And if you want one of those copies, we have some in the prayer room. You can check out the prayer room and get one of those at the end of service. But I was praying before service, and I, and I found what was being read, what was to be prayed for for today. And I wanted to share with you. It says, for today's prayer emphasis, pray for discernment. As spiritual warfare intensifies across the United States, may believers be alert, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, shielded by Scripture, protected by the blood of Jesus, and fully covered in the armor of God. Amen. Why do you think the Bible says we need the armor of God? Why do we think we need to plead the blood of Jesus over our lives to have the shield of faith? Because we're in a battle. And the church has to wake up and recognize that there's a battle to be won. There's a battle to be fought. I've talked to a few people over the past few weeks, and they're like, man, I just, I've had a bad week. I've just been struggling. Like, things have been coming up in my path that weren't there before. I'm like, well, maybe it's because you took a new step and you're leading worship more. Maybe it's because you're volunteering out front there more. Maybe it's because as you say yes to God more and more, attacks are going to come. A lot of times, attacks are not the, the result of us doing wrong things. It's because the enemy wants to stop us from where we're headed. Stop looking at attacks as, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe God is telling me not to do this. Of course, pray about everything. But there might be a chance that the attack is coming because you are in the perfect will of God. And the enemy is trying to deviate you from that path. We get so caught up on, oh, is the Holy Spirit, do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to get to heaven? Is that, you need the Holy Spirit to go into Walmart today, okay? You're in a battle. Be ready to fight in the battle. All right, we're going to move on. Being led by the Spirit is being led through difficulties. Now, you might be experiencing an increase of obstacles because you are in the will of God. But let me encourage you that if the Holy Spirit leads you into the wilderness, He will also lead you through the wilderness. The Holy Spirit will not drop you off there and say, have a great day at school. He will be there with you in each moment of your life as you continue to rely upon Him. Jesus was being tempted. We're not going to go into all of His temptation today. But he continued to speak the word of God as the attacks came. And the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I wish it said, Yea, though I walk around the valley of the shadow of death. That's not what it says. You're going to go into difficulties and situations, but you're going to go through them through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And then look what happens after, after the temptations, after the 40 days was over. Look at what happens next from Luke 4, 14. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. The power from the Holy Spirit came from choosing to be led by the Spirit. Because when we take a step of faith to follow where we sense the Holy Spirit is leading us, we will receive the power necessary to walk into that situation. If you feel God is leading you into situations, you will then have the power to take on those new job responsibilities. You will have the power to raise another child. You will have the power for that additional workload, that additional schoolwork that's coming on you. If God's leading you into situations, He will give you the power in those situations. He will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. All right. I'm going to skip ahead in this, in this story. We're going to go beyond the moments of Jesus' baptism, the wilderness. He chooses his disciples, begins his public ministry. And I want to turn your attention to John chapter 3 as we close today. The beginning of John 3 is when Jesus is having a conversation with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. 
And Jesus tells him he needs to be born again. To which Nicodemus is not understanding. He thinks it's a physical born again. And this is what Jesus says. He's trying to explain it to him. Verse 5, John 3, 5. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I'm telling you, I've read through this passage over and over and over again, trying to understand it. It says you have to be born of water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. First of all, that does not mean that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved and go to heaven. But what it speaks to is the rebirth, the born-again process that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our third point today is that we have to be born of the Spirit, equipped of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and born of the Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is as much part of your salvation experience as Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is the one leading you into the conviction and the repentance of your sin. And I'm going to move you into one last part of Scripture. I know I've been moving around a lot today. I apologize. I've been kind of all over the place. But when I was reading John 3, 5, many scholars and theologians say it ties back to what the prophet said in Ezekiel. Let me share with you three verses from Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, 25 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Do you see the parallels between the three verses in Ezekiel and the four verses in John? Notice Jesus says you're born of water. Ezekiel says the water will cleanse you from your sin. Jesus says the flesh will lead to fleshly actions and death. And Ezekiel says I'm going to remove that stone that weight that leads to death. And lastly, Jesus says, be born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Ezekiel says, I will put a new spirit, my spirit, in you to cause you to follow my rules. Jesus says, don't, don't get caught up in that whole born-again focus there, but focus on the power of the Spirit that will help you. I think sometimes we ask Jesus into our heart to make us clean and be born again, and that's good. We should do that. But then we neglect to realize that we are also born again through the Holy Spirit. And we need to call out to him to help us, convicting us daily, choosing over and over again to choose Jesus and walk in the Spirit. And then look at verse 8 again. It says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. 
so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. That word wind there and the word spirit are actually the same Greek word. You could say that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit blows where He wishes and you hear the sound of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we try to pin Him down and understand everything about the Holy Spirit and how He works and where He comes from and where He goes. Let me try to do that. Does it give you a headache? Because the Holy Spirit is going to blow where he wishes. He's going to move when he wants. He's there. He's gone. There's times where all of a sudden a thought comes to you. It's like, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just blew into that moment and changed my thoughts to be higher like his. I think one of the, the biggest hang-ups with the thoughts of the Holy Spirit is the mystery of God. And we try to understand everything, but we can't. We're finite beings. But we are able to mostly understand the, the sacrifice of Jesus and like, yes, I understand he came for my sins. I know he died on the cross. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, sometimes we get fearful because we can't understand everything. So in try, instead of trying to dig in deeper and learn more, we get afraid of it and we back away. But can I encourage you, most importantly, first and foremost, the power of the Spirit is to convict us out of sin and towards the Father. Jesus demonstrated he spoke of the power of the Holy Spirit before Pentecost arrived. And he told us that we would receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes. And we would be equipped and led and born of the Spirit. I think this is my third time saying it today. I probably should say it even more than this. If Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit to walk on this earth, how much more? Should we? Amen. The disciples knew that they needed more of God in order to effectively witness and tell people about the good news of God. You need power to witness. That's what the power is for. Sometimes it's the power to witness with our words, to speak the words to people, to communicate the gospel. But sometimes I think it's the power to witness by our actions. The power of the Holy Spirit is very practical. He gives you the words to say. He gives us the fruit of the Spirit. That means love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in situations. Sometimes there's a witness just by how we act in situations. Worship team, you can come join me as we close. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit. We're going to go deeper into what it means in tongues. But I wanted to start with this very simple premise. That the power of the Holy Spirit is simply saying, I want more of God. I need more of God. And as you've been listening to this sermon, as you've seen the scriptures on the screen, and you felt there's this nudge, there's, this, there's something in your heart telling you to seek more of God. That you need to be filled or refilled with more. The Bible talks about we need to be refilled with the Spirit. Again, we're going to talk more about it, but if we're following the commands of Jesus, would we be willing to step into this moment? I've had a lot of conversations with people that say, yeah, I love God, I love Jesus, I just, just don't know about the whole Holy Spirit thing. I don't know about praying for more of that. And I'll say, do you want more of God? Oh, of course. Then let's pray for the Holy Spirit.
It's that simple. Today, I want, before we leave today, I want to give us an opportunity to pray for more of God and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you stand to your feet as we close? I urge you to look at the Holy Spirit as a unique blessing for the church right here today to equip us, lead us, that we be born of the Spirit instead of this world. Worship team is going to lead us in the song called Rest on Us. A perfect end for this morning. Ask the Holy Spirit, come rest on us. Come dwell on the Christ that is in me. I'm going to pray. The worship team is going to lead us. I'm going to be right there. If you need prayer to be filled with the power of the Spirit, for more of God, just take a moment to press in before we leave today. God, I thank you for this morning. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray right now, would you, would you fill us as we seek you? And that we would be like Jesus coming to, coming to prayer, coming to be baptized, coming to be filled with more of you. Because that's what we need for the battles, for the trials, for the many difficulties that we have in life. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We call upon your name right now, God. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.